Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back once again to another edition of the Come Out of Her My People show. I'm your host, Mark Call, and uh, we have a lot to talk about, kind of a special show today. Actually, i got to admit up front, it's not what I was planning on doing today. I had something else in mind that um, I guess in a certain respect is is similar. Obviously, one of the things we always talk about is Come Out of Her My People and uh, things that are going on now and in such a time as this and so forth, to use the uh, line from the Book of Esther. Uh, certainly, there are lots of things we need to be aware of. But in the process of putting that show together, I saw a story. Uh, I originally saw it out of the Daily Mail in the U.K. turns out there was local coverage, not a lot of national coverage, and uh, that, too, is uh, kind of an eyebrow raiser, but had to do with a police shooting. As a matter of fact, one of the most horrific that I think I have seen arguably ever. If this had been, uh, I'll, I'll start out this way, I can't help but think uh, that if this had been a, uh, a young black man that was executed in public like this, uh, there would have been cities on fire by now, but it's not. And uh, In fact, it's a whole different deal, and there's another caution here. In any case, after I looked at it and thought about it for a while, I realized, hey, who am I kidding? I need to give my uh, friend Harmon Taylor a call and talk about it with Harmon. And uh, sure enough, he was uh, able to agree uh, on last-minute uh, notice, hey, let's talk about this because it really is important. So with that, I'll say, hey, thanks, and welcome to Harmon Taylor. It's been a while since we've talked, so that's another good reason to do it. But it's um, it's sad that it's under these tragic circumstances, but there's certainly a lot to uh, to look at here. So uh, let me say good afternoon, Harmon, then we'll go through the specifics of what the heck we're talking about. Good afternoon. Always glad to be here. Glad you called. Yes, this is an important saga in the continued transportation enforcement exactly area of our lives there's so much about this that is uh, tragic uh, disgusting uh, I, i'll admit it it made me uh, furious as i watched it and um, it goes like this let me look at the daily mail coverage for a, for a minute and um, what really cuts it folks and i encourage people to see it i thought about playing the audio but you really can't tell enough from the um, the body cam video to see um, all the details that are important here. But it says, Utah police have now released the body cam footage of the shooting death of a 25-year-old law student named Chase Allen, who was armed, and uh, on March 1, he uh, basically was executed. That's the term I'm going to use. After refusing to comply with police commands, or, um, let me put it this way to kind of show you where I'm coming from, to be a good little slave. He um, he was called, although I don't think he actually uses the term, and that's one of the lessons here, uh, the Daily Mail essentially called him a sovereign citizen. And what first attracted my attention was the uh, the propaganda, literally Marxist Southern Poverty Law Center BS, is the way I'll put it, about the sovereign citizens movement. These are conspiracy theorists who do not believe in the rule of law. So essentially, the way I read the Daily Mail piece, if uh, somebody gets called a sovereign citizen, they probably needed dying, and it was just a matter of the police putting them out of their misery. No, no, is that a little bit harsh? Arguably. But so is the BS that they're pushing on behalf of the Southern Poverty Law Center. Well, so what really happened is a bit more mild than that, and um, in terms of the uh, the legal take of, of this kid, I think Harmon would say he probably was a bit misguided, and, and we're probably in agreement on that. He could have handled things better, but on the other hand, he's dead, and um, the lessons here are, are kind of severe. Anyway, 
after he was stopped because he had a um, a license plate that uh, didn't meet state requirements. Um, he uh, refused to give his name. He basically refused to answer questions. He said he didn't want to give them jurisdiction and so forth. Uh, this went on for a couple of minutes. Eventually, they... Um, uh, the officer that was uh, talking to him at the window convinced him to hand over something. He proceeded to produce a passport. Now, what kind of passport? Was it a U.S. passport? Maybe. It's not 100% clear. You can't really tell from the video. And the uh, the police didn't say when uh, when that question was asked. Um, he he kind of pleaded ignorance in the, um, the press um, conference that I saw. But in any case, uh, less than two minutes later, uh, the fellow was killed. And, and as we go through this, I'll point out what I think was the key turning point in it. But I want to let Harmon uh, comment and kind of take us through what he saw and uh, what the, uh, the bottom line, at least originally, might be on this. It's, uh, it's a circumstance from the, the law point of view that we've got Definitely a tragic development here. The cop handling this at the beginning was doing everything they are trained to do. And here's the, here's the threshold point to make about transportation stops. When the police get the call, it's a bank robbery. When the police get the call, it's domestic violence. A little bit on that. Uh, when the police get the call, uh, there's a car wreck. We need traffic control, they know pretty much what they're getting into. When it's a basic transportation stop, they've got no idea. And because they've got no idea, they are trained, and we see that here. We see their training kick into full tilt force. Uh, There are some mistakes made by the, what do we call him, the target, the would-be defendant? What do you want to call him? Uh, The the The, the guy behind the wheel. Yeah, the fellow who who basically doesn't realize that he's got about two minutes left to live when he sees the cop in his rearview mirror. Yeah, that's that's the guy we're talking about right there. Uh, He doesn't understand what the... What the police are trained about, he doesn't understand the transportation mechanism, and the the way he handled it was traditional up to a point. Uh, and I am not traditional. When I get stopped, the very first thing I do after the car is in park and turned off is get out of the car. They say don't ever do that. It's the first thing I do. I get out of the car, I leave the door open, and I get away from it. So if they want to look in, fine. The very first thing in my objective in that circumstance is to put them at 100% ease that all we're going to talk about here is a transportation code. That's it. And that didn't happen here. He stayed in the car. uh, It looked like tinted windows. Part of it looked like tinted windows, and they looked like they had an angle where they could see through it. I don't know what to think about that, but at any rate, the video he claimed he uh, could. The paperwork. The officer claimed he couldn't see what was in the back seat on the video. Okay, so we are talking about tinted tinted windows then, and okay, that it's just one of these things that officers are instantly aware of. Because it's a transportation stop. They don't know what they're getting into. So when they can't see anything, which is why I'm out 100% visible, uh, car door open, they can go look in anything they want. The police officer is never going to be in danger around me. 
if if anything happens, I'm going to be on their defense because somebody's acting out of line. You know, even if all they want to do is rearrange the the officer's facial features, you, that, that's not how you solve a problem. That just that just you know, if you got an issue, that's what the courts are for. So at any rate, the the officer conducting this initial interview was doing everything right. He was he was working with the guy. He wasn't really put off by it. They just they know to expect this sort of thing, and so when they get it, he handled it. Now, what the guy put through the window? It was how far would you say the window's open? Four inches, five inches? They called it a crack. Yeah, it was like longer. That. Four it was inches. Bigger than that. Enough to pass a passport through and and get a hand through, but that's about it. Yeah, and we could see his eyes and part of his forehead, but not a lot. But okay, his four inches fair. I think that's yeah, that's close. He uh, it was a he was a BMW, is a small car, and so he hands the document through. Now the part that I saw on there, and you're right, it isn't terribly visible. The part that I saw on there has the font that we see on the internet for the Constitution thing. It says "We the People." And that, you don't see all of the language, you just see the top half of those letters. But to be aware of that font is instantly to register the rest of what's there. And I don't think any U.S. passports start off with we the people. Okay. So the cop looked at it and he said, oh, you're giving me a fake passport. Now, so, that is where I will continue anyway. the die was cast. At the point where he says, uh, you know, this passport is a fraud. You've given me a fraudulent passport. And then it's very clear he intends to arrest the young man. And at that point, things escalate they, uh, rapidly. Yes, they open the door, and you can see that the door is open. And your your point is is made uh, we don't know that he was necessarily going for a weapon in the holster on his right thigh. But what are the cops supposed to do? Wait till he goes for it and start spreading hot lead in their direction? They're not going to do that. So he didn't announce that he had the weapon. He didn't say, it's on my right side. Let me get out. Watch me. Can you see me? I'm not going for it. If he had done anything like that, he would have survived this. He would have. They may have arrested him kind of roughly, but he would have survived it. But what it looks like, and this is the case made in the video, what it looks like is he's either going for the seatbelt, which I think is the point you make, which is extremely good. He's either going for the seatbelt or he's going for the holster. And this is when you hear them hollering, gun, 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 and then they unload their magazines. Through the glass, uh, Twelve into rounds this fired guy, is what that. they claim. And it all takes about three seconds. I mean, literally from the time that the officer says, so you've given me a fraudulent passport, to the time where they haul his dead body out of the car is five, ten seconds absolute tops. Yeah, it's not, it's not long in there. And it, what, what gets it is they're going to get him out of the, they are approaching him, the door's open, they're reaching in to remove him physically. And they've told him they will. They're and going to break the windows that's they when, will haul you out of there. Yeah, and that's when they see the, the holster and go into self-defense mode, proactive self-defense mode. And... So we have, we've got an issue. Do they need, do they need to wait till they're shot at to shoot? Or, uh, is, is there another way 
to handle even the holster issue uh, without pilfering the guy with 20 rounds. Well, I, know. And, and let's pause here for a second, Harmon, because all of that is interesting, and we'll certainly come back to that in a minute. But as I was looking at this, the, the first pass, the thing that strikes me about this whole situation is, as you pointed out, this is a traffic stop. This is, hey, you peons, you, you need our permission to travel, and this guy doesn't believe that. And he's actually trying to make that point fairly clear. He's got a license plate that advertises the fact that he is, um, actually, it's um, he called himself a Utah state national, I think was the terminology, not a sovereign citizen. But, hey, we know that if the FBI labels you a sovereign citizen, it's open season, and that's, that's my... Um, uh, considered opinion based on what I've seen, if they label somebody a sovereign citizen, uh, that means that, uh, you know, your rights have gone, and it may be that uh, so is your life. But in any case, the, the issue is this is a traffic stop. And this young fellow, 25-year-old young man, uh, with no particular indication prior to this that there's going to be violence, is dead as a result of, uh, what, uh, a revenue enforcement action. And uh, somehow or other, that just seems uh, like a problem to me. Uh, you know, I, your, your take at least on how we got started on this. Yeah, there's another angle to throw in here, too, just to keep the, the blood pressure up. This is individual by individual removal of Second Amendment advocacy. You got it. And, and I, I think that is probably more to the issue here than the transportation stuff. But there's a but, relationship, and yeah, you're familiar with that probably better than anybody I know. Um, you've been doing the transportation thing and the licensing issues and the, the whole issues associated with the commercial understanding associated with uh, what was once a right to travel and the contract and by agreement and so forth for a long time. By the way, the fellow at one point did make that point. He actually asked this officer, hey, show me the written agreement with my signature that binds me to being under your jurisdiction or something of that effect. So all of that is, is tied I into- never understood a thing that he said in that video. I couldn't understand him at all okay i'd have to watch this thing for hours repeatedly to hear what he said maybe i, maybe I better, need to watch a different video i have a version connection i guess yeah could i could actually hear him ask that he actually said show me the contract show me the agreement that i have signed that gives you the jurisdiction to do this to me and it sounded like something right out of essentially some of the things i've heard you say before so at least on that score he got positive points uh, you know while, while his life lasted uh yeah, this is what I'm saying. He doesn't understand where the agreement is. If he's looking for it, then he doesn't understand yet where it is. No, he, he seemed to know that. He was challenging and the officer to show him. That was his comment. You you show me. Well, the, the officer the officer can't show him. It's a matter of, fundamentally, it's a matter of public record. The officer doesn't know. The officer isn't trained. You bet. This is the thing. We're going. We're going into. We're going into a uh, a howitzer fight with a broken butter knife. You got it. We yeah. have to analyze this entire problem to the point of of not leaving it an open question. If we do not understand where the commercial nexus is, we don't need to be engaging this particular debate and all of these things that are agreement-based and that are not codified in the penal code arise from a commercial nexus. So if we're in any of them, 
If we're studying into any of them, transportation is just one example. Tax is another. I mentioned that just to say uh, that's not in the penal code. Yep. Well, and yet it's a fully enforceable fiduciary obligation, and we've got to know before we get into the debate. We've got to know that it is an agreement, that it is a, an agreement sounding in trust, and that if we don't know where it comes from, we probably can presume that we have it. And therefore, in, until we satisfy ourselves, until we 100% completely, as we stand before God, have confidence, oh, that's where that agreement is, then we've got homework to do and really probably don't want to engage these debates. Well, and, and to your point, I he ha- I'm unsatisfied. He- yeah. Well, I was going to say, to your point, I, I think the, the bottom line here is the time to engage in that debate is not when you have been stopped and you've got half a dozen, literally, officers with their, their pistols drawn, pointed at your head or your chest through the windows, and um, they're demanding that you get out of the car or they're going to break the windows and haul you out of there at gunpoint or worse. And that's precisely what happened. He, he, <laughs> he thought he was having a debate, and it turns out, no, he was having the last few seconds of his life. Right, he was having a shootout where he didn't even get to draw first. Yeah, and and I don't personally. I looked at the video, you know, and and uh, I can agree that reasonable people may disagree, and that certainly the intent of the officers is to say, hey, if I see a gun, you're a slave. You got no right to have a gun. I don't care. You didn't tell me it was there. I'm going to kill you, and that's exactly what happened. So, um, you know, we could argue, and and we should talk about this in the next segment. You know, what the fellow might have done instead, obviously. But um, yes, I still think we that, can do that. The, but the key here is, um, in, as I watched this, the tragedy was this escalated, and it almost looked to me, Harmon, like it was intended to escalate. And I'm not blaming the officer that was asking the questions. I'm blaming the training, and I'm blaming the situation and the coverage that I saw from the various – I watched the CBS coverage, the, the, the officers, the um, Daily Mail's coverage, all of them essentially saying sovereign citizens do not believe in the rule of law. That's a quote from the article, and that's a lie. Now, I'm not going to say what all sovereign citizens believe because I ain't one of them and I don't adhere to that uh, terminology. I don't like it. There's one sovereign. It's the creator of the universe. It's not us. But having said all of that, they're putting words in these people's mouths. Amen. Yeah, and and the words basically say um, he deserved to die. And I I read the the coverage here, and I didn't look at the WAPO. I probably couldn't have stood that, but... The Daily Mail essentially says uh, these are conspiracy theorists. These are people who do not obey the law, and essentially they need dying. And um, they make the point very clearly, and they quote the Southern Poverty Law Center, who essentially says, you know, hey, it's okay for us to burn, baby, burn, and destroy things. But as for you people that think the Constitution or the rule of law or anything out of that Bible still applies, so we got your number, and we're coming for you. Go ahead, Harmon. When the, that... That is their political agenda. Yes, you're getting a hardcore political agenda uh, stigmatism that the Nazi regime used uh, quite successfully. Once the officers are trained partially, they're not told this is a commercial nexus. They're not told that. They're not told that everyone is tricked into this, and they're not shown how. They're not shown the definition of vehicle. They're not told the consent element within the definition of the – and it's very well hidden. And they're not told any of that. 
So they think, for whatever reason, that a legislature has mandamus authority. And this is, this is the earmark. This is the identifier. If we see a, an ordinance, if we see a statute, state or national, if we see regulatory authority language that has what is properly called a thou shalt, I call them thou shalts, when it is you must do this, you must do that, you must do this other, and they enforce it because it's a mandate in the language, we, we on the receiving end of that have got to understand that the minute we read thou shalt, you must do this, you must do that, you shall do this, you shall do that. It's fully enforceable language, but by what legal theory? My favorite case for this is Wilkie v. Robbins. It's a Bureau of Land Management uh, over-enforcement on steroids case. And at the end of the day, the Supremes basically say when you've got a contract and an alleged breach, the party alleging breach gets to enforce the alleged breach. They don't say this. This is my translation. They get to enforce that breach to the extent of their war chest. And so when we get, uh, when we get to agreement enforcement and we understand that we're up against the government, they're going to enforce these things to the nth degree. To the point and of so death. we just have, yeah. That's the key. I mean, and that's what we saw here. You're right. Uh, again, the, the, the venue might not have been the right one. It certainly wasn't a courtroom, but he's every bit as dead. And the thing, I guess, Harmon, when I step back and look at it, the thing that really gets in my, in my, sticks in my gut is the idea that there is a war here. And I don't think either of these people, neither the cop nor this, this young man who's no longer with us, realized that when this thing, um, played out, they were being set up. And the, the battlefront of the war was right there, and uh, both of them were convinced, um, the young man to his uh, ultimate demise, but the cops were convinced, this is a war, somebody isn't walking away from this, and it's not going to be me. And ultimately, the, the real um, concerning thing is the American people should look at this incident and go, wow, they really do intend to tape this, they, they intend to, to play for keeps, to play for dead. Over traffic stop. Well, this is the thing, yeah, this is the thing to understand. This is the marketing. Uh, it's the globalist agenda. Kiss our ass or you're going to die. This is perfect globalist agenda marketing. And here's what scripture says, so that we will have peace of mind about this general attitude. Have peace of mind. Messiah promises us there's a particular deadline. And if God were to wait until that deadline, there wouldn't be anybody left. And so Messiah says, those days will be cut short for whom? For the sake of the elect. For the sake of the elect, they will be cut short. And so there will be an end to this. There will be an end to this. And we just have to hang in there long enough to see it. Okay, well, when we get back, we've got about 40 seconds or so till the break here. And uh, uh, what I want to do after we come back is, is go through at least a little bit of the specifics and uh, certainly some commentary from you on, you know, what he did wrong and um, what kinds of things that we, we need to take away from this. 
But um, I guess, again, the thing about this and the reason why we're spending the time on it today and the reason I called uh, and, and talked to Harmon and made sure that we got him on today, folks, if you, uh, if you didn't hear the beginning of the show, was because, to my mind, this is probably one of the most serious escalations of something, and it's recorded on video. We have not seen the young man's cell phone video. He was recording it himself, and I don't know that we will. But uh, one of the most serious escalations of something that um, seems to have been orchestrated, again, not necessarily by any of the players that were there, but by those that are pushing things in this direction so as to result in exactly these kind of deadly confrontations. And we'll pick it up right there when we get back. When I think back on all the crap I learned in high school It's a wonder I can think at all And my lack of education hasn't hurt me none I can read the writing on the wall back now to the second segment of the Come Out of Her My People show for today. I'm your host, Mark Call, and we have with us special guest Harmon Taylor today. And the reason we're doing this show is because of some really late news that uh, I think both of us regarded as being incredibly significant and certainly worth talking about. And um, this was, let me put it this way, anything but a routine traffic stop. And um, as I was thinking during the break, Harmon, and we talked just for a second, one of the things that I think was clear here is the uh, police officer, when he pulled this young 25-year-old law student in his BMW over, knew that this fellow had a license plate that marked him as, uh uh-oh, one of those dangerous people, the sovereign citizens that I have no doubt they've been told about. The FBI has warned them a sovereign sentence to probably just kill him. So I suspect, uh, even though he was um, playing it cool and collected, that both of them realized that this was a potentially explosive situation and that um, they were primed for something. Now, what was interesting, what I wanted to do here just for a second, because we didn't actually do this, was go through the um, the traffic stop uh, in particular. So basically, he pulls him over, and he demands to see identification, and the fellow essentially says that, um, I'm not going to give you jurisdiction, do not detain, you're not allowed to stop me, you don't have any reason to stop me. And they uh, they went back and forth for a minute or two, and the fellow, uh, the uh, his name, by the way, is Chase Allen, uh, an armed uh, law student, and they didn't know he was armed until later, but I'm sure they were probably primed that he very well might have been. But one of the telling things to my mind, Harmon, was this comment. About a minute or so in, the uh, the police officer says through the window, look, quote, we can have a conversation about the laws you have broken, unquote. And I heard that, and my spidey sense kind of went up, and I thought, huh. 
Now, notice that, and, and I guess I'll get your reaction. The laws you have broken. Now, most of us are thinking, well, they're not laws. They're traffic ordinances. They're not, they don't have the force of law, and I didn't break them. You didn't show me the agreement and so forth and so on. Again, this isn't the place for that argument. But what he didn't say, and this turned out to be truth, we can have a conversation about the laws you've broken, or you'll be dead in less than two minutes. And indeed he was. Now, where it goes is up to you. <laughs> well, they didn't know it. They didn't know at the time he was getting into that that he had the holster there. Right now, I don't they think may have they saw that till they were trying to get him out. I, I kind of wonder if the police have not been told, you see this license plate that's one of these? It's one of those sovereign citizen folks? I guarantee you when I read this Daily Mail article and I see the sovereign citizen movement are conspiracy theorists who do not believe in the rule of law. They're anarchists. They may be militia. They don't believe they have to pay taxes. Get this, quote, the FBI considers them to be an extremist organization. Well-known members include Terry Nichols, the Oklahoma City bomber. This is explosive kind of language that tells the cops, if they're reading the Daily Mail at least, hey, you better be really afraid of this guy and, uh, you know, have your trigger finger ready and itchy here. I don't know, again, that that's what they're thinking. Hey. But, by, by the way, there was one other thing I'll mention. Uh, it turns out that he'd been in court uh, a year or so earlier, and um, the cops knew about him, at least a lot of them did, because his mom had sued the police department in that same city. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. The training that you're talking about doesn't just stop with law enforcement. Everybody with municipal court from prosecutors, judges, and clerks and court reporters uh, to county courts where they deal with transportation enforcement, judges, prosecutors, uh Everyone associated with the judicial side has been tainted you got it. with the training. And the, everyone is into uh, the political – I say everyone. The judicial branch is into the political side, not the legal side. Law enforcement is heavily into the political side, not the legal side. And – the thing is, all of them are lied to. They're not going to take the time. They're not going to rethink this the way we rethink this. They don't want to know that the system to which they have taken an oath to support and defend exists to deceive everyone it comes into contact with. They do not want to know this. Exactly. I agree. So they're not, they're not looking for it. And when they're, in, when they encounter it, they don't want to hear it. Because why? They've been pre-programmed with political stigmatism so as to justify their shoving peanut butter in their ears. We have to know that they have been politically charged and that they have shoved peanut butter in their ears. We have to know that so that we can at least go to court and and not end up in the body bag at the scene of the stop. Right. So, yes, every single party uh, on the executive side and on the judicial side associated with transportation cases has been through this extremely political uh, brainwashing. It's not training. It's, it's political indoctrination. And the super vast majority of them have not thought about the obvious, which is there is no such thing as legislative mandamus authority. It and does not exist. Know, I bet they don't know what it the word doesn't mean means. that we don't. 
it doesn't mean that there aren't thou shalts in the language. It just means that when we find a thou shalt, it's confessional that the one and only one way this language can ever in a million years apply to anybody is if that individual has, in fact, already agreed to it. Again, yes. So he's got an excellent point here. Where's the agreement? But he needs to be able to assert, I have no agreement. Do you see the difference? He's yeah. looking for an answer. He thinks he has it. He does not have it. Because why? Because he's asking for an, uh, he genuinely expecting them to give him an answer. Well, I, I actually and think. And if we go into. I, my personal opinion, Harmon, is that he doesn't expect an answer. I wouldn't have expected an answer. I think he knows that the cop has been trained and that there is no answer and that he's not about to hear it. I, I think he was just hoping that the cop would, would give up and, and go away or something like, uh, you know, his brilliant legal arguments would stymie the fellow and he would go away. But uh, as we saw, that wasn't going to happen. Well, there is an answer. There is an agreement. There's no other way this system can function. Right, there but the cop is doesn't an agreement, know it. and we we have to dig into this far enough to understand that there is an agreement and where it comes from, so as to do what, so as proactively to negate it, so as when this thing shows up in court, we can put on the case that says no agreement, no well, consent. So let's let's talk. And when we prove up no consent, what? Okay, and I agree with all of that. And and obviously, you know, you're the expert on the court aspect of this and, and certainly inclined to think, uh, yeah, you know, let's go there. Now, my reaction, I'll admit up front, and I've probably told you this on air before, uh, I'm a little bit skeptical because I don't know that we have a court system anymore that even remotely cares about things like due process, the rule of law, or so forth. And I know that this young fella is probably thinking, oh, you know, they're going to tie me up, throw away the key, put me in jail, and I might be in there for a year before I get to a uh, you know, an appeal that will let me uh, finally see the light of day again. So I can understand why he's reluctant to follow through on uh, what probably is going to happen at this point. Well, okay. I mean, he's that may be. But at the at the end of the day, I'm I'm 100% satisfied that he did in fact have a vehicle. It needed the right kind of tagage which he didn't have. And because it's a vehicle, he needed a license that he didn't produce. And this, this is the problem. Yeah. Well, those that want to engage the, the d- debate here just don't yet understand the problem. I have not yet identified it correctly. And where we throw the Constitution at a problem that arises from a commercial nexus, we've got nothing but, uh, throwing mud back in our face we're we're on the receiving end of the tire spinning in the mud well you know the expression i've heard and you may have used it i certainly used it as well and and obviously it has a particular poignancy here is this the hill the traffic stop and my right to travel uh constitutionally or however i might see it uh is this the hill to die on and the answer was for that 25 year old young man on that day it was right it was his till to die on, and I'll just I'll just tell you, uh, like so many of these martyrs of old, they were still missing a few pieces to the puzzle. And it's too late for him. And it's tragic. Yeah. It's too late for him. But all all law enforcement, all judges who don't do their own study, 
are being lied to. All of the people are being lied to. And we've got two ends of the spectrum where neither side knows what they're talking about. And it's a problem. It's a fully solvable problem. We have to go to the law library and study, 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 and get, keep our mind in logical form and get our mind around this and then decide, Is just like you're pointing out here, is this our hill to die on? Is this the issue that we want to invest this kind of time, money, and energy in? And there are a few people around the country who say, yeah, it's time. We we have to stand up against this. Okay, they're standing up against it, but they're showing up to a howitzer fight with a broken butter knife. Well, let me let me because answer. they haven't fully analyzed all the way through the problem. And I think you're right. And and to my mind, one of the other telling things about this, and again, I encourage folks to watch the video. Um, you you hear the gunshots. I mean, they literally gun gun gun, and within three seconds, he's dead. They fired by their count, at least. I thought I counted more rounds, but they put a dozen rounds through that vehicle, riddled his body with bullets, and seconds later, you could hear the car still revving. So I guess as he was dying, he pushed the accelerator to the floor. But um, what what struck me is this, and this is the way I wrote it down as I watched it. They executed him, dragged his dead body out of the bullet riddled car, and then turned his dead body over and handcuffed the dead body. I didn't even see anybody check him for a pulse. I guess they knew they'd pretty well done him. So that was the part to me that just really kind of said it, Harmon. They uh, they executed him, they hauled him out, and they handcuffed the dead body. And um, I didn't see any sign of, up. Oh, too bad, we killed a young kid here, or um, anything else uh, for that matter. Then they turned off the body cameras as it turned out for a few minutes. And um, I did see one other telling thing in the press conference. The... Um, the the head PD guy said they had not interviewed the officers involved in any official capacity. Yes. And I thought, what? It's been a week, uh, and they haven't interviewed I, him in any official I capacity. I noted that with interest, and he's saying that it's being investigated by a different group. And he's saying, what are the officers, in, in anticipation of the questions, will the officers say, will the officers say in his preemptive statement is we don't have any official statements from them yet i i that struck me as so, being downright bizarre i mean it's been a week plus since the execution here yeah and they haven't even talked to the officers what? you know you'd think i i remember hearing something when law enforcement used to do law enforcement that says you know you, you interview people right after the fact while things are fresh in their mind and before they've had a chance to coordinate stories absolutely story. right the the difference here, and I'm not defending this because I had an eyebrow razor on that also. The difference here is we have their statements and we just watched their statements. We just watched it. And so the need for the immediate interview is a little bit reduced with the active body cam. But I'm with you. Oh, we haven't talked with them about it yet. Okay, well, maybe I'm just too much of a traditionalist and not realizing how how supplanted the immediate statement is by the existence of uh, body cam. But just the same, uh, I I heard I I heard that and I raised the eyebrow and like, okay, he's this is a press conference and no, we're not going to get into what the officers did or didn't do. We're going to let the video. Do its own speaking. And after you get through that, you say, okay, that's what he was communicating. 
Okay. Well, so again, the the thing I think is key about this is is some of the the takeaways from it. And uh, I do want to get your take here in a second on exactly what he did wrong and what he should have done instead. Because um, I, I would say it this way. Let me let me give you my answer, and then I'll let you go and just take us where you'd like. Um, the man, the young man, um, Chase Allen, was polite. And uh, he was uh, insistent, and on, on balance, I would say he he was not disrespectful or anything of that. Uh, on the other hand, uh, as we've already discussed, the fact that they labeled him a sovereign citizen, I don't think he would have used that terminology. I certainly will not, for the record. But um, the terminology having been applied, he's dead. And um, I've already mentioned this. I do believe, I think we've seen this, that if this young man had been black, this would have been a very high-profile case, and there would probably have been a whole bunch of PDs burned down around the country by now. So let's just uh, say, hey, it's not a racial issue. It's a political issue, as you pointed out. And, um, well, I'll make one other observation. I think when he saw what was going on here, that he probably sealed his fate when he pulled into a parking lot at a post office that wasn't crowded with people. I mean, honestly, as I was watching the video, that was my first thought. Hey, don't go to a quiet place. Find yourself a parking lot where there's a lot of people walking around, or you just may never walk away. Anyway, uh, your your comments, Harmon. The analysis in relative 2020 hindsight starts with his legal premise. What he did wrong was not get his mind completely around what's at issue. And everything he did from that stems from his, uh, I've described it before and in prior shows, he was throwing the Constitution at a commercial nexus problem. And this is, this, if we ever hear anything that the red-headed kid from Texas talks about, may it be this. We are dealing with a federal system. Federal means federal. It does not mean national. Federal has never meant national, and it most certainly does not mean constitutional, because we've never had that form of government. Federal means federal. Okay, yeah. that's circular. What does federal mean? Well, Rep, uh, boiled off of all of the extra, federal means by agreement. A federal system is a by agreement system. Well, let me, so where let me we say had this. the Articles of Confederation, the I I completely concur, and we have talked about this before. But honestly, um, and I don't know that he did a very good job. You were saying you, you couldn't hear what he was saying, um, but what I have read and what I've seen about what this yeah, not in that video. There may believes, be a different presentation of it. Yeah, I think this you heard him, and I didn't. I couldn't understand a word he said. Yeah, I think this particular fellow was probably closer to what you have been advising on a lot of those scores than what the sovereign citizen crap we're supposed to believe would would tell us. So my guess is that if we're allowed to find out more about this, that this family and his mom were probably arguing things a lot more along the lines of what you would have argued. But again, to the real point, it doesn't matter. He didn't get his argument out, and even if he had, he. He's still as dead as a doornail, so it didn't matter in this case. Correct. So, assuming that he, had so yeah, where where he gets out of the car, assuming he he'd gotten out of the car like you did. I don't know if he if he had the holster on his hip, he's going to get out of the car. They're going to see the gun. I don't know. Does he get killed right then, or does uh, no, does, no? If he's if he's out of the car and his hands are away from it, they'll draw on him. They will get around. They will tackle him. 
They'll put him on the ground. They'll cuff him with his hands way ahead, way away from the the holster. But no, he'll walk away from it. Okay, so that would have been. And step what he one. what he needed to have done in that regard was tell them, "I'm armed, and you are not in danger. Can I get out of this car without your shooting me?" Yeah. And just be cat-like slow-mo. You've seen cats in hunt mode. (laughs) They go extraordinarily slow-mo. That's how we need to conduct ourselves. And he will be arrested. And they will throw the book at him for unlicensed carry or whatever else they can come up with in Utah. And um, I'm sure that was on his mind. If there is, in fact, a problem there, they will. It may have been that he was fully authorized to have it. It may have been. We don't know. I, I doubt it. Uh, we don't. You know, the Daily Mail says wasn't. they don't like license. I do too. Uh, you and me you know? see that same way. I doubt that he was, but yeah, that's that's another thing there. But yeah, he, the, if we have that, if we have that issue. Far better to face the judge than the funeral parlor guy. Yeah, uh, better to be judged by twelve than. But then by this six gets us so right forth. back to. Yeah, then buried or carried by six. I'm sorry. You yeah, were saying it's, it brings the, us back. it's the fundamental thing. And we, the, the more we talk on the radio, maybe the more people we reach. We are dealing with a federal system. It is a by agreement system. Everything, and even some of the stuff in the penal code, everything codified outside the penal code functions commercially. There's no other way it can function. And that's all of it. Everything outside the penal codes functions commercially. The cops are not taught this. Exactly. And, the and, judges are not taught this. And you're not going to teach the judges in a courtroom as a general rule. I, I've never seen it happen. Maybe you have. I have yet to see a judge in any of these cases that didn't already know, um, be convinced to uh, to say, hey, I, I did take an oath and I did do these things and, uh, gee, I, I, uh, I'm changing my mind here. Uh, I, I guess it's possible. But um, I'm not sure that that's the case. I have certainly never seen a cop at a traffic stop. Um, and and I have uh, maybe I should temper that statement a bit. I've certainly met people who have said um, that they have uh, they have dealt with so many cops in their local community for so long that the cops say, "Oh yeah, that's Joe, and he's he's not got a license, and old Joe's nutty, but just let him go." Uh, maybe Andy Taylor would have done that in Mayberry. Well, yeah. <laughs> We see, we hear about those stories, and those I can confirm. Those, we we hear about that, and that's true. The so, debate's been going on for so long that the system says it costs more to fight this guy than just leave him alone. He is not a problem. Leave him alone. And and that was essentially and, that was essentially what his mom seems to have been doing. She's she's uh, classed by the Daily Mail as a sovereign citizen, and she has sued the police department, and she's been involved in traffic stops. So to some extent, and I don't think she's doing it nearly as well as you probably have, but she's certainly fighting the traffic stop issue and so forth on another level. But, Armin, as we got less than two minutes left here, the thing that I think really um, resonates with me and that we need to kind of address is uh, this whole um, – looks like we've moved to a new level issue that there have been some of these stories over the years that we've dealt with, people that have been killed in shootouts. We saw the thing in, uh, by the way, that was in uh, Utah and Nevada as well, uh, out west where ranchers have, have fought uh, the commercial battle on a different scale. Um, and, and now we've seen a case where a young man has been executed, and that's the term I will use, for uh, having been branded a sovereign citizen. And, um, again, I uh, I would 
would would be nice if it had turned out differently? Honestly, I'm not sure. In hindsight, we'll never know what would have happened if he'd gotten out of the car armed. They may have just taken him out and uh, said he was a sovereign citizen. Again, I don't know. Hopefully, you're right. But for the rest of us, I think that the message here is – there is an attempt to brand people who believe certain things, who understand certain things, as being uh, this type of uh, lawless individual. And, and, you know, that's the part that really irritates me. Uh, conspiracy theorists do not believe in the rule of law. That's an absolute bull, you know, what kind of lie. We believe in the rule of law. It's just that the people that are enforcing something different, a commercial nexus and private law, have usurped that with something entirely different. But, again, um, uh, at the point of a gun is not the place to argue it. Uh, go ahead, take us out. We got about a minute. Well, I mean that uh, that states it well. Yes, it is a Nazi propaganda concept. Stigmatize the opposition so that logic and law and facts no longer matter. They've been labeled, and that's that. That's exactly what we're dealing with. And the only answer for that is scholarship. The only thing that's ever going to matter in this system is to show these people. Now, there are judges. You get up high enough, you've got briefing attorneys, you've got of counsel for courts, you've got chief justices, you've got judges on the uh, the court that get it. They know what's what. And so when you get your case up to someone who knows, you're fine. But the problem, of course, as you pointed out to me so correctly several years ago, was it may take years to get there. In any case, Harmon, we are out of time for today. So once again, thank you for being able to come with us on such late notice. We'll continue to follow this one. But one thing's for sure, any way you slice it, this is a real escalation on so many fronts. It's certainly a confrontation that's being brought to a head, and looks like we're there. But I guess the one thing I'll point out before the music comes up, having to do with scholarship, is scriptural scholarship as well. It's vital that we know who we serve and why, and moreover, what his word says the real law is. Thanks for being with us, folks. Shabbat Shalom, and may Yahuwah bless you and yours.